If you're a first or second time guest with this morning or watching us on Facebook, we're glad that you're back on Facebook. Richard was on vacation last week, so we couldn't be live. Uh, he's back, and we are live again. So uh, let me just give you a little, a little uh, if you are watching on Facebook and the video or the sound skips, uh, Richard has informed me that you just need to shut your Facebook down, bring it back up, and it should work fine. Uh, but we're really glad that you're here and watching. Uh, today we're still in the introduction of a new series that we started on worship. If you missed last week or the week before, I encourage you to get those messages from me. They are not on our website at this point. Just because of the Parsonage Project, I'm not able to edit them and put them online, but I can burn you a CD, so just let me know. Uh, I hope, we hope that you are blessed by being with us today. Most of all, we hope that your life is transformed by walking into light and life into the presence of God. So we have a new couple with us this morning. I ju it just hit me. Mr. and Mrs. Daryl Patton Jr. is with us. Mm -hmm. And Sarah is able to be with us on Sundays. She got her work schedule a little changed, so it's really good to have Sarah with us. Uh, they're on their honeymoon and they're in church, so I just want you to know. Pretty cool. So last week we started to look at some of the many names of God. Um, because we decided that we don't want to be like the Samaritans who did not know who they were worshiping. And so last week we looked at three Hebrew names of God. And the first one was Elohim. Elohim, which translates into God. Elohim in Genesis says, God created the heavens and, of, of the, and the earth. That's Elohim. He is the God of gods. He's the God who creates. So anybody that talks about their God, you can just say, listen, my God created your God. I mean, you can worship whoever you want. You have that freedom. But I just want you to know, the God that I'm talking about actually created your God. Well, I worship the sun. <gasps> My God created that. Okay, not exciting. All right. <laughs> Elohim, Elohim is more powerful than any person or anything that exists. And he is on your side. Can you imagine that? Elohim wants to be a source of power to you, for you, and in you. And then we looked at Adonai. Adonai translates into Lord. God is Lord and we are his servants. He is master, he is ruler, and he is owner of our lives. Why is he the owner of our lives? Because he died for them. He shed his blood for us. He owns us. Died for our sins. And that means he protects, he provides, and he directs his servants. And we're going to get into that more today. We serve him because we love him, right? We become a bond slave to him, which means we are subject to all of the master's desires. And in becoming a bond slave to Adonai, we truly become free. Isn't it weird? Because isn't the kingdom of God the opposite of our earthly realm? It is. By becoming a slave to Christ, we actually become free. It's the opposite of what we think. So we need to learn to surrender every single area of our lives to Adonai. Number three, last week we looked at El Shaddai, which translates into the all-sufficient one. He is more than enough. And God shows his all-sufficiency by taking what we think is impossible and making it possible. We just talked about that. Unstoppable God. Impossible things in his name shall be done. He loves to mess with you in that area. And he loves to show you what you think is impossible and turn it into possible. He loves that. He is almighty. 
He wants to bless and multiply our lives in abundance, the Bible says. And we saw in Job's life, El Shaddai can work around total disaster. Job lost everything and God restored it. In fact, in abundance. He had more after his disaster. His mercies are new every morning, right? His joy is unspeakable and full of joy and full of glory, right? Do you believe the word of God? He gives us peace that passes all understanding. You can have peace in your situation right now that you're freaking out about, and it's such a peace that you won't even be able to explain it to your friends. They will come to you and go, why aren't you worried? And you go, because I serve El Shaddai. El Shaddai. He provides all my needs. No, you should be freaking out right now. Let me help you freak out. And you go, no, it's not going to work. I have a peace because my God is so amazing. He's going to get me through this. But you have cancer. Yeah, so my God's bigger than cancer. And if my cancer doesn't go away, I get to be with my God. Right? My ultimate healing is heaven, where I have the perfect body of a 30-year-old. Woo! Wow. I know Jeannie can't wait. She's suffered cancer. She's been through three, or three to five cancer bouts. She can't wait to just get up there and get her new glorified body. Those three names alone give us amazing reasons to worship God. Wouldn't you agree? Enough to worship Him with all of your heart, soul, strength, and mind. I wonder if you did that this morning. Or were you distracted with what's going on this afternoon or what's going on with your life? Did you really give God your full attention this morning? And do you do that throughout the week? God is looking for true worshipers. He's not looking for hypocrites. True worshipers who will worship Him in spirit and truth, right? So let's dive in today and we're going to look at four more names of God. Um, that will just blow your mind. We have a lot of ground to cover, and then we're going to end with some worship so that you can worship Jehovah. Jehovah. That's all we're going to work on today is just four, four aspects of Jehovah. And that's the first one that we're going to cover in your notes. Jehovah. Some say that the word Jehovah is the only proper name for God or Lord. It was derived in the 13th century from the words Adonai. That's where we also get Lord and Master and Yahweh, which mean Lord or my Lord. So it comes from the Hebrew root word of Shava, which means to live, okay? So in your notes, Jehovah literally means full of life. Wow. So remember, it's just, that's, that's a description of who God is, right? Full of life. And you can go, yay God. But I'm not. Okay, well... If the God who's full of life lives in you, you should be. So why are you so depressed and frowning and angry all the time? This is a tough crowd today. In your notes. Jehovah brings God forth in a a very personal way as the revealing one. Jehovah brings God forth in a very personal way as the revealing one. When Adam and Eve talked with God in the Garden of Eden, they did not call him Jehovah. Instead, they called him Elohim because they did not at that time have a personal, intimate relationship with the Lord. They were just, they were just created, so they really didn't have that moment yet. So they didn't know him as Jehovah yet. Let me ask you something. Has the Lord ever spoken to you? Raise your hand if, you, if, if in a quiet Still small voice or even a loud voice, has the Lord ever spoken something to you really high? I want everybody in the room just to see that God speaks to us, right? 
Have you ever heard that still quiet voice in your spirit? Those messages that you received are from Jehovah, the revealing one. Jehovah reveals himself as your intimate, personal God. Someone who walks with you and talks with you and never leaves you. Never forsakes you. And the more you grow with God, the more Jehovah will reveal himself to you. Let me, re let me repeat this, because remember, we're always growing, right? I may not be where Shirley Patton is, but man, I, I, and it's not about competing with Shirley Patton, but I want her faith, and I want to grow, right? The more we grow with God, the more Jehovah will reveal himself to you. And you can say, well, why does Angel hear from God all the time? You know why? Because she hangs out with God all the time. She hangs out with God way more than her husband. And we won't point out who that is. And the girl that slammed the pie in my face giggles. Yeah. In your notes, Jehovah reveals to us who God really is. He's the unchanging God. Another definition of Jehovah. Turn to Exodus chapter 3 in your Bibles if you want to. You can read them up on the screen with me. Um, I just want to point out this unchanging God, and I've got some comments to make that, are, that hopefully will radically transform your thinking this morning. Okay, so Mount Horeb is where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, and it's where God revealed himself to Moses as the Jehovah. So let's go there in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. Ready? Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell him? God said to Moses, I am who I am. That is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name, say it, forever. The name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. I do not change. So don't change me. Don't change this to your liking. God revealed himself to Moses as Jehovah and told him to tell the Israelites that Jehovah is I am. I am the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Think about that last phrase in verse 15. He's saying, tell them that generations will change, but I won't. I will never change. This is why it's so troubling that Christians and churches and church leaders are trying to change what the Word of God says. So I'm sorry if you don't like or if you disagree with parts of it, but the truth doesn't change from generation to generation. God doesn't change because you're uncomfortable with His truth. And by the way, neither should you change because some people are uncomfortable with the truth. Or because they call you names. Or because you're not tolerant of some people's behaviors. Moses was trying to come up with every excuse in the book about why he shouldn't go and lead the children, out of, uh, children of Israel out of Egypt, wasn't he? Moses said in a whiny voice, probably I'm guessing, 
Well, what if the elders don't listen to me? What if they don't believe me? I failed once already, God. Remember my past? I failed once and I killed someone. Why would you trust me again? Then God gave him three miracles. Three miracles to show the elders so that they would believe that he was sent by God. Surely this would give Moses the strength to carry out God's direction. But Adonai, I can't do it. I can't speak well. I don't like to clean the toilets at the church, Adonai. It's disgusting. That's why I don't sign up to clean the church. Even though we provide rubber gloves. And you can buy a mask if you want. You can buy a whole bodysuit if you want. I don't care, but I don't think it's that bad. Thank you, those of you that clean the church. Wow. I'm in awe of you. I really am. And remember that Moses received the finest Egyptian education and training. And God was getting sick of his excuses. So Jehovah, Jehovah had to reveal to Moses who Elohim was. Watch this next passage closely because some of our excuses are so lame. And you know what? When we are full of excuses, I think our faith is lame. Okay, no amens. Wow, that was hard hitting. Too hard. Too hard, pastor. Don't go there. The Lord said to Moses, who gave man his mouth? (laughs) I can't speak well enough. I don't like to be in front of people. Who gave you your mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? So go. Obey. And I love this next part. I will help you. I guarantee you, when Dusty first started learning, uh, leading worship here, she was shaken in her boots. Actually, I know she was. And then what do you think we told her? In your weakness, he is strong. I will help you, Moses. I will help you speak, and I will help you teach, and I will teach you what to say. This is why we need to be so connected with our with our master and Jehovah. He's gonna, he'll tell you what to say. You don't have to rely on yourself, your own skills. Just go and do what I told you to do. I will protect you from the germs on the toilet at church. Just go and do, and t- do what I told you to do. Jehovah was saying to Moses, you have forgotten, I am also Elohim, the creator. I will do this through you. So Jehovah is the one revealing this to him. And just like many of us, I love this next verse, Moses continued to argue with God and he said, please send someone else to clean the toilets, Lord. I don't want to do it. It's disgusting. That's what one of my kids used to say when they were little, disgusting. It's disgusting, Lord. I don't want to do it. Oh, Lord, please send someone else to do it. Now, I don't know why I find it comforting to know that a father of our faith whined like I do at times. Isn't that comforting a little bit? Jehovah finally convinced Moses to lead his people out of slavery. Moses ended up doing all of the speaking. After all, when the Lord is on your side, who else do you need? What else do you need? Right? Come on. Listen, here's a big point. Here's a big point. I wrote this down this morning as I was going over my sermon. 
we put too much pressure on people. We put too much pressure on the people in our lives to solve our problems. When we have financial problems, we run to our parents or we run to someone and beg for money instead of going to God first. Then when we're about to lose everything, eventually uh, we fall to our knees and say, God, I need help. Nobody down here will help me. And he's like, well, that's what I was waiting for. Because you know what I own? <laughs> Boop. Now, I'm not saying he'll give you everything you want, but he will fulfill your needs. And we do this to pastors all the time. You put tremendous pressure on your pastor to solve your problems. I'm sorry, but I don't have a magic wand in my desk. I can't solve all your problems. A lot of it is just you need to make the right decisions. Right? I can help. I can help guide. But you've got, you got to go to the Word of God. You've got to solve it. Go to God. We run to people first, and we should be running to God first. And then when they can't solve our problems, the people in our lives, what do we do? We get mad at them. Sometimes we cut them out of our life. We quit church when the church won't pay our rent. In your notes, the good news is as Moses arrived in Egypt, God was revealed as Jehovah because he obeyed. God was revealed as Jehovah when he showed up. God, God gave demonstrations of his power as Elohim. And as Moses spoke the word of God, Jehovah showed up and he put words in his mouth and mighty miracles followed. And throughout the rest of the story of Moses and the children of Israel, you're going to see that God became Jehovah to Moses more and more as he grew deeper and more intimate with God. Excuse me, if you want to hear his voice more, you have to grow deeper and more intimate with him. The closer he became to God, he began to cry out for more of God's glory. Not just for him, but for his people too. See, this all affects people. Remember what we started out this series with. Our worship lives affect everyone around us, good or bad. So listen, I need to, I need to, I need to say something because I know maybe perhaps when I was writing this, I was thinking somebody's going to think this. God doesn't have favorites. Does he give more to some people and less to others? Yes, I don't understand that. But it's not because that person is his favorite over you. God does not have favorites. If you want to see his glory, you just have to stick with it and ask for more. Don't quit. Don't give in to the lies of the enemy. Stick with him. He'll get you through it. That's a good word right there. It's good enough to repeat. God doesn't have favorites. If you want to see his glory, you just have to stick with it and ask for more until you receive it because you, you will receive it. And when you make Elohim, Jehovah, the Lord who brings life in you, He's going to reveal Himself through you to others. You want a reason to worship? Worship Jehovah, your intimate, personal God. One who walks with you and never leaves you, nor forsakes you. And the more you grow with God, the more Jehovah will reveal Himself to you. Some of you need a little boop of Jehovah. Because you're just kind of doing life by yourself. And I don't know how you do that. And see, one of the reasons is we put a lot of pressure on the people that, in our lives. We expect them to be our Jehovah. Are you getting that message? I'm not saying that we're not in your lives to help you through troubled times. But come on, the more people help you, the less you go to God. 
You want to know who God is so that you know how to properly worship him? How about this next one? Jehovah Jireh. One of my favorite ones. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh is the, is the first two-part name of Jehovah to appear in the Old Testament. And it just expands the meaning of Jehovah. Genesis 22 is the first chapter where we see the name Jehovah Jireh. And when the Lord showed, when, it was when the Lord showed Abraham who he is when it comes to our needs. Genesis 22, 13 and 14. Ready? On the screen. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place Don't overlook this. The Lord told him to sacrifice his son. His son he's been waiting for for a long time. Now he's here. And he says, Abraham, I want you to go sacrifice him. And right before he plunged the knife into his son's chest, the Lord said, stop. I'm going to provide a ram because you were obedient. See, some of you probably didn't give what you were supposed to give this morning. You're not being obedient, so you're not going to, he's not going to provide the way he wants to provide for you. Because you're holding back. You're robbing him. The Bible says, you rob me, no blessings. You want blessings? Be an extravagant giver. The Lord will provide. That's what Abraham called that place. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. In your notes, Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. Wow. You understand that we're not going through some of the names of God just to give you head knowledge of who He is? You understand this? The reason that we are doing this is to increase your intimate relationship with your God. We are doing this so that you know who you are worshiping. Because intimate worship is what will transform your life. You should know who your God is. Because He wants you to know something. He wants you to know that faith is not something that stands still and doesn't change. Faith does not stand still and it, and it changes, right? Our faith should be growing. It shouldn't be... You know, the, remember, remember in our um, last uh, Driven by Eternity series, it said, move past, you've moved past these elementary things. And you've moved on into bigger faith issues and growth. God wants His people to move from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from strength to strength. In this passage, Abraham is facing perhaps the most difficult trial of his faith, something that you'll probably never, ever have to face. God had asked him to sacrifice his son, in your notes. God wasn't trying to see what Abraham was made of. He was giving Abraham an opportunity to move in his faith. Do you trust me, Abraham, that I will provide? Do you trust me? God wasn't, God's not just causing you to go through trials just to kind of see what you're made of. He's not up there just messing with you and poking fun at you. He wants your faith to grow in Him. So that's why we can't panic and drop the oars of our canoe and then just let the wild waters of life toss us back and forth. We need to keep hold of the oar. God. He'll get us down the river. And then we will be in the river of life if we don't panic and drown now. 
So let me ask you, when you receive answers to your prayers and you get to see God's word come to life in your circumstances, doesn't that encourage your faith? Am I the only one? That is God's way of encouraging you then to take bigger and bolder steps. Wow, God, I tithed this week and I survived. Ooh. I didn't really believe the pastor. I was able to make my bills. So do you want me to continue that or do you want me to give more? God told Abraham to take Isaac, the son that he had waited for for 25 years before he was born. God told him to wake up the next morning and sacrifice him on the altar. If I had been Abraham, I would have accidentally slept in. He said, oops, God, I, I, I forgot. So maybe you'll just kind of let it go, right? No. But in your notes, Abraham did not fall apart over what God was asking him to do. Let me repeat that. Abraham did not fall apart. He did not panic over what God was asking him to do. Why? Because he wasn't being led by his five senses. He was being led by his spirit man. What does that mean? He considered God above his circumstance. And he obeyed the Lord right down to the last detail. I hope you're letting that sink in for a minute. Don't look at me. Look at that screen. Look at those words. We are so driven by our emotions and our senses instead of our spirit man. Abraham wasn't looking at this opportunity through natural eyes. He connected himself with the vision of what God wanted from him. He had a covenant relationship with God. He made God Adonai, master of his life. And Abraham was also listening for his master's voice. And when we do that, when we listen to the master's voice, it will keep us sensitive to the things of the Lord. It will. You can write that down because that's very huge. When we listen to the Master's voice, it will keep us sensitive to the things of the Lord. You know, I, I can't wait till I walk into to a day, you know, and, and I know people who do this, when I walk, and 24 hours a day, the Lord's just speaking to me. He's already speaking, it's just I get distracted with the parsonage and other stuff. I get distracted with my own stuff. I get so distracted. Ernie and I went to um, uh, Martin's the other day to provide supper for the workers uh, at the parsonage, and I, I'm walking through there, and I got my list. You know, I've got items that people want, and so I'm just going through the, and I got my list, and I got out of there, and I never noticed one person in that. Well, no, we did talk to the lady at the register, a really old lady, and it, we had a lot of fun with her. But I almost missed, I didn't see anybody until I got to the register, because I was on a mission, my mission. I can't wait for the day where I walk into Martin's and go, okay, God, I have my list, I have my cart, the list is easy, it's written down, what I want to know is, why do you have me here? I want to be on a mission today. I want to change. I want to, through, through me, have you change somebody's life. So, if you want me to pay for somebody's groceries, speak to me. If you just want me to love on somebody and encourage them, speak to me. 24 hours a day, can you imagine, at work? Oh, at work. With those lovely coworkers. Mm. He didn't live according to his own vision of the circumstance, he lived directed by the Spirit. Abraham did not forget God's promises to him, and he knew that God would not neglect his promises. And he took God's word literally, and so should you. If you have children who are in rebellion right now, 
If you are hearing or seeing bad things in their lives, don't focus on them. Focus on God's words, His promises. Proverbs 11.21, memorize it. The seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Train them up in the way that they should go and they will return to me. Just, just speak His promises. When you pray, believe that you will see Jehovah Jireh. He will provide. In your notes, in the Hebrew, Jehovah Jireh is taken from the verb to see. I love this next part, by the way. I love this next part. You want to know why He can provide? Because He sees ahead of your need. And that means to see, that means that God has seen ahead and made a provision to fill your need. He sees ahead of your need. He knows it before. So when you go whining to Him, He was already aware of it before it even happened. And He has a provision for you. How are you going to respond to your need? There is not one trial or one problem that you may be going through that God has not already seen and has already provided for before. Did we forget that God knows all things? He already knows what you're going to face before you face it. And He has provision for you to handle it. So if you're in the middle of a trial right now, lift up your eyes and just say, Jehovah Jireh, you knew I would be facing this trial. Now I need your provision for it. That's what we prayed over little Kyler. God saw this way before Kyler. He knew Kyler in his womb. And he's already provided for Kyler. And so what we prayed for is for his provision to come now. I don't know what that is, but may it come now. And when you're struggling, just remember what Jehovah Jireh has already done. Why did God send Jesus? Because God saw something that was going to be needed in the future. And he gave us Jesus, his perfect provision. The perfect lamb to remove all of our sins. Jesus is your lamb. Do you know that? Jesus is your lion. He's your perfect provision. And Jehovah Jireh is all that you will ever need. Hallelujah. We don't need people on earth to fulfill my emotional needs or my physical sexual needs. I have Jehovah. Jehovah Jireh. I can control the flesh. I just say no to it. Okay, the name Jehovah is so powerful that it has yet another piece to it. Number three, and this just proves how powerful God is. Jehovah Rophe. Now, you'll hear this different ways. You'll hear Rapha or Rofa, but I looked it up and they actually have it pronounced on there, so... I don't know who's right, but I grew up with Jehovah Rapha, but it's actually Rophe. Jehovah Rophe means the God who heals. Wow. The God who heals. It also means the God who restores. Jehovah, think about this, the great physician. The God who takes the broken and makes them whole. As we look at this one, remember that we are not just talking about the healing of the body, physical healing, but God heals our mind. Those of you that struggle with mental illness, He can heal it. He heals, excuse me, the soul. He heals sin and He heals nations. Listen, if He can heal a nation of two million people, He can take care of your problem. Okay? He delivers us from death. If you're a believer, He has already delivered you from death. You don't need to fear cancer. You don't need to fear death. And you know what else he he delivers us from? Demons and strongholds. 
Exodus 15.26 says, If you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His eyes. Let me repeat that. If you listen and you do what is right, if you pay attention to His commands and keep all His decrees, I will not bring on you any of these diseases that I brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. When he said in Exodus 3.14 to Moses, I am that I am, he was saying, whatever you may need is exactly what I am. Now, why does he have so many names? Because throughout your life, he will give you continuous revelation of who he is, and he will give you something fresh about him and something new, because that's what you need right then. Thank God that our God has over 900 names. Because that means he can be there for you no matter what you are going through. Every revelation that you will receive, every revelation that you receive will always be more awesome, more powerful, more sweeter, and more precious than the last one. Jehovah Rophe is the way that he reveals healing. When you enter the hard times in your life, you may think that you're out of God's will, but you may be totally in his will without knowing it. What do I mean by that? Because the devil loves these times. He loves to make you think that you're out of God's will and that God's punishing you. And then he loves those times where he can beat you up and keep you from accomplishing God's will. But listen to me in your notes. This is kind of big when we think we're out of God's will. If you measure whether you are in God's will by your circumstances, you may just miss what God's really up to. That's a good word right there. Because we put a lot of weight on our circumstances. And if everything doesn't go just perfect... We think God has left the building when God may actually be right in the middle of that circumstance with you to grow your faith. If you just hang in there, your healing's coming. It's coming. It's there. He's already promised you that. That's a huge statement right there. Oh, man. So I'm going to decide who God is based on my circumstances. Wow, have you missed the mark. I'm going to decide whether God loves me or not if he pays my rent. Wow, have you missed it. For example, was Jonah out of God's will when he was in the belly of the whale? Nope. When Paul was shipwrecked, was he out of God's will? Certainly not. Here's my point. In order to receive Jehovah Rophe, you can't let your circumstances push you around. You have to push your circumstances around. You guys still awake? Tell your circumstances about your God. Instead of letting your circumstances define who you think God is. It's easy to praise Him when things are going well. When we get a new car, we get a new house, or we get a raise at our job. It's really easy to come into church and just shout the praises of the Lord. And then the moment something doesn't go right, we stop going to church, we stop believing. It's, we're, like, we're like this all the time. I mean, it's, that's not the Christian life, by the way. Todd White speaks on this all the time. We are not to live this kind of Christian life. Do you know what it's supposed to look like? 
Whoop, heaven. You guys all right? Am I beating you up too much? I'm not trying to. I'm just trying to reveal who God is. I need, you need to get your eyes off your circumstances. You serve a God that's w- way too big, really. We can't even wrap our minds around this. We got to praise Him in the valley and on the mountaintop. Don't we have a song like that? No matter what you are going through, God will provide for you and bring you out smelling like a rose if you let Him. Do you know that the Word of God brings healing? The Word of God brings healing. Proverbs 24, Proverbs 4, 20-22 says, My son... Pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. In your notes, God's word is like medicine. When you take it in, when you take in his word, you are taking in health. Some of you yawn when you're reading it. Some of you fall asleep. But listen to me. Keep it up. Keep reading it. Because when you do, there are things being poured into you that you're unaware of. It is medicine. One way to receive healing is to constantly, in your notes, feed. Constantly feed on His words of life, health, and healing. That's one way to receive healing. Read the Bible. So many of us are running around wondering why God hasn't healed us, and we haven't picked our Bible up for 13 years. We just let the preacher tell us what it means. We let him read it. I pay him to read it. You ready? Psalms 103, 1 through 3. One of my favorite verses. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. I was thinking of Annie when I... Actually, I think she, she walked into my office, actually, right when I was putting this on the PowerPoint. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name no matter what I'm going through. Praise the Lord, O my soul. See, it's almost like David's trying to get his soul saved. Because that's what we're trying to do, right? We have a spirit, but we're trying to get our souls in line with our spirit, okay? Because the soul is what was infected with the evil nature that we have. So look, look at how much he's telling his soul. Praise the Lord, soul. From the inmost gut of my being, praise the Lord, my soul. Forget not all the Lord's benefits, who forgives all our sins and heals all of our diseases. Wow. And you know, healing's not just for you. Don't be selfish. Healing's for you to give to other people. You are supposed to be laying hands on people and in the name of Jesus, healing them. And don't you take any glory for it. You're supposed to be praying over your enemies and blessing them. Jehovah Rophe, Rophe wants to heal relationships as well. He wants to heal all conditions, physical, spiritual, emotional, mental. He wants to heal the brokenhearted and the bruised. Jehovah Rophe wants to heal people from backsliding and sin, from grief and sorrow. In your notes, Jehovah Rophe wants his people to be free from all afflictions. All afflictions. Even old age. I got yelled at yesterday. I got to go to Jeannie and Bear's house last night for supper, Ernie and I. They invited us over because we don't have a kitchen. So they're like, hey, let us cook for you. She spanked me. She said, listen. I found out why she wanted to have me over for supper. 
By the way, you got to hang out with these two. They are a hoot. But anyways, she said, I'm glad I have you in my living room. I got you right where I want you. I'm, I'm adding words to it, okay, because it just sounds more dramatic. You need to stop calling yourself old from the stage. You're speaking negativity into your life. And of course, immediately I think of Leanne, and she said, every time your body starts to hurt at the parsonage, just ask the Lord for strength. He's the God of your strength. Just say, Lord, give me strength. She said, that's what I do every day at work, because I should not be doing landscaping at my age, but I am. And he gives me strength every day to outwork younger men. Right, Annie? Wow. We don't have to wait for heaven for our 30-year-old body. Ask God for strength now. Do what you need to do. Eat healthy, exercise, whatever. Ride bike if you're Steve. Or hike mountains on your vacation. That was a weird vacation, by the way. I went and sat on a beach, and he's up there hiking mountains and getting exercise. That's the difference. Look at me, look at him, okay? Right? So... Another thing that brings healing is praise or worship. Have you ever come into a church service feeling down and in the dumps, and then as you worshiped and as you praised the Lord and as you clapped and as you sang, what usually happens is you receive a healing. If you really give God your attention, you can be healed as you worship. You don't need anybody to lay hands on you. He's way more powerful than needing people in your life. I'm going back to that point. Well, pastor, can you come over and lay hands on my friend? You live two hours away. I'm not driving two hours to pray for your friend. You do it. Yeah, but you're a pastor. So? That makes me more holy than you? No. People who abide in the vine, abide in praise, receive health. You can choose to stay in your self-pity, but Jesus was bruised for you. He came to give you freedom from your pain. He carries all of your anxieties, all of your fears, all of your rejections. They're not yours anymore. So why are you carrying them? You need to let Jesus, Jehovah Rophe, heal the wounds in your soul, not just the physical ones. This unforgiveness that you have towards people, let them heal it today. Let it go today. Isaiah 53, 4, 5 says, Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And you say it. In the name of Jesus, by his wounds, I am healed. As we sing this morning, if you're here today and you need miraculous healing in your mind, spirit, body, or soul, take it. It's yours. Worship Jehovah Rophe. And the last one is another piece yet of Jehovah. Our last name of God that we're going to cover in this series is Jehovah, Jehovah Rohi. Everybody say Rohi. Jehovah Rohi means the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. In Psalms 23.1, David says the Lord is my shepherd. And then David went on to give a very personal picture of God as Jehovah Rohi. Did you know that your enemy does not want you to know what God's will is for your life? He doesn't. And some Christians wander through their spiritual lives always searching for His will and never find it. Why? Maybe because they don't know the Lord as Jehovah Rohi, the shepherd who wants to guide me and direct me and tell me what, where I need to go, what I need to do. So let's look at the word shepherd and what it means. So I want you to understand who God is and what He's supposed to be for you. 
Shepherd has a couple of meanings, and I hope by focusing on this today that you're going to be able to know what God's will is for you. Remember, He lives inside of you, so you can know. He wants you to know. He wants to be your shepherd. The primary meaning of the word rohi is to feed, to feed. That's the primary meaning. There's also uh, two more meanings to it, and it just kind of spells out what this means. The second meaning of the word rohi is the relationship between a prince, leader, and his people. A prince or leader and his people. The third meaning is the relationship between a priest, prophet, and his people. So basically, Jehovah, God, promised to give you pastors or leaders in your life or your mentors to feed you with the knowledge of the word of God. He promised you that. Now, you don't have to be here. You don't have to submit to it. You can do your own thing. You can stay home. You can sleep in. But he's given you this provision. A shepherd on earth and a shepherd in heaven. Wow. That's how much he cares for you. Now, let's not get into the fact that some shepherds are good and some are bad. That's just, that's true, right? The Bible says some of those shepherds will lead you astray. Be careful who you're allowing to be your shepherd, right? These people in your life will explain the word of God to you so that you can understand it. But after that, you have the responsibility to feed yourself and apply the word. Apply the word that you have learned to your own life. In your notes, Jehovah Rohi wants to lead you away from foolishness. That's really kind of interesting because Jeannie was using that word all night last night. I don't remember what word I was using, but she was using, oh, I was using the word stupid. She was using the word foolish. Jehovah Rohi wants to lead you away from foolishness. Isn't that what a shepherd does for a sheep? A real shepherd that watches over sheep and a pastor who watches over their sheep? Isn't their goal to keep the sheep away from danger? Keep them from wandering to close to the forest line or tall grass? Why, why would he keep them away from the forest or tall grass? Why? Who's in the grass? The enemy. The lion. The wolves. But the grass looks so good. The, the shepherd has me over here and he's just giving me little, you know, I just, I don't like, the, I don't like clover. I want the grass. Look at the grass. Look at the grass. It's so tall and it's so beautiful and the wind's just blowing it. Look at him. Look at him. And if I don't have sex with him, I'm going to lose him. And the pastor's going, no, no, no. Sex is for marriage. Yeah, but, but he said if he doesn't, I'm going to lose them. And we start walking towards the cliff. And it looks so good that we're just willing to take the risk and go for it. And then the enemy pounces. There's also poison in grass. There's always something hidden in the grass that the sheep don't see that could attack or kill them. For the most part, rohi has to do with feeding. In your notes, a beautiful translation of rohi is companion or friend. Companion or friend. Jesus is our great shepherd. We are very intimate with him. The Bible says that we are joint heirs with him in Romans 8.17. We are to share in his life and identify completely with him. Think of it this way. Jesus is your friend that sticks closer than a brother. That is your rohi relationship with him. And when you see the Lord as your shepherd, it means he will lead you. He will feed you. Yes, he will bring judgment and because he wants to keep you from folly. That is what a close, intimate friend does. Isn't that what friendship is for? To keep us out of trouble. 
Hopefully your friend will speak up and say, you're being stupid right now. Hopefully your spouse will. Stop. Yes, I know that now. I learned that about her. Stop talking to your old girlfriend on Facebook. That is not healthy. That's what friends do. A close friend continually leads us away from sin. God wants to feed you with goodness and lead you away from the wild grass or oats that would harm you. He's your shepherd. So let's look at how Jehovah Rohi leads and then we'll close this up. If you are in leadership, if you are married, or if you are a parent, this is how you are supposed to lead as well. Isaiah 40, 10 and 11. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and His arm rules for Him. See, His reward is with Him and His recompense accompanies Him. He tends His flock like a shepherd. Ah, He loves His will sheep. Right, Jaylee? I had to say it. It just went with it. He gathers the lambs in His arms and He carries them close to His heart. He gently leads those that have young. Now that Scripture shows God's strength. It started out by saying the Lord comes with power. So there's an intimidating factor about God. And then there's this Father's heart that carries wounded sheep or the young that might be more tempted to walk away. It shows God's strength, but it also shows His tenderness. So in your notes, when you are leading others, those of you that just went through leadership training, this is a good word. When you are leading others, you are to show both strength and tenderness. If you did not get that out of our training, then we missed it. But I'm pretty sure we talked about that a lot. Right, Pastor Josh? Help me here. Give me a yes. Thank you. If I'm wrong, just fix me later. I'm pretty sure it came out of our training. Some more qualities of a true shepherd that comes out of the Scripture is that the shepherd will seek those who are lost. He will bring in those that were scattered. He will carry those who are broken. And he strengthens those who are sick and weak. So applying this to the church, there are times when your pastor may need to be very strong with you. And then there are times where he or she will be very gentle with you. Because Jesus is that way with us. Sometimes he convicts us and it doesn't feel good, but he needs to get our attention. This, in Psalm 139, this is how intimately your shepherd knows you. It's a little intimidating to read this passage. Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts. You can hide them from me, but you can't hide them from him. You discern my going out and my lying down. And here's the one that's a little scary. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. Jehovah Rohi knows exactly where I am and how to take care of me. He leads and guides his sheep. He is a great example. Here, here in John 10 is a great example of a good shepherd if you kind of want to know how to lead people. I am the good shepherd in John 10, 11. It says, the good shepherd, what does he do? He lays down his life for the sheep. That is exactly what Jesus did for mankind. And even after what He did on the cross for us, sheep still get lost more quickly than any other animal. But when we go astray, Jesus' heart is to lead you back to take care of you. You realize that Jesus came and walked in the flesh. He was tempted in every way that you could possibly be tempted. He suffered in every way that you can possibly suffer. Why? 
He climbed into your skin so that he could experience exactly what you may experience in this life. Then, he would give you the mercy, his mercy, for what you face in this human experience. Isn't that unreal? He climbed into skin so that he would know exactly what you're going through. So, so those of you that are blaming God, I mean, you better be careful. Those of you that are angry at God, be careful because he does know what you're going through. Because he suffered more greatly than you're suffering right now. And you need to change your thinking and stop believing the lies of the enemy. And just say, Father, forgive me for, for coming up with my own painting, my own picture of who you are. And now I realize you're my shepherd. You're my rohi. You're my rofe. You're my gyra. You do care for me and I believe the lie for 25 years. I'm done with that. I'm going to serve you now for who you tr truly deserve to be served. Jehovah Rohi. Listen, we couldn't get a better shepherd than one who has been a sheep. He knows what it's like to be a sheep. Jesus knows how you feel. He knows what you see. He knows what you hear. And because of that, Jesus knows how to lead you. He does. He understands you better than you understand yourself. So just think of the 13-year-old girl who, and, and the teenage boy going through puberty. and they, They're so scatterbrained, they don't know what's going on. That's how God sees us sometimes. He, you know, we're a lot older now, but still, we're just kind of all over the place. One minute we're angry at Him, and the next minute we're loving on Him. And He's like, I wish you people would just make up your mind and know who I am. If you knew who I was, you wouldn't be living a life like this. It would be like this. Oh God, show me more of who you are. I've got Jehovah Jireh down. I've seen you provide my needs, but I've never seen Rofe. And I want you to show me Rofe. Isn't that amazing? You don't have to wonder whether you're in God's will or not. He is Jehovah Rohi, the good shepherd. If you seek him, if you seek him, he promised to lead you into all of truth. Hallelujah. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So let's close this up. We need to remember that no matter what we experience, pain, sorrow, grief, loss, suffering, mistakes, whatever, remember that all the names of God paint a picture of comfort, loving authority, and provision. Remember that. In verse 20, remember the Samaritan woman? Remember Jesus was sitting and talking with her? We've been talking about this in John 4. The Samaritan woman asked some questions, basically, with all her, what she was talking, and she kind of asked this, Lord, where shall we worship? We might ask it like this, what is the right way to worship? Or who's, who's right in their teaching about worship? And Jesus tells her, and he's telling us today in 2019, you're asking all the wrong questions. Listen to the way that Eugene Peterson translates our theme verse, John 4.23, in the Message Bible. But the time is coming. It has, in fact, come when what you're called will not matter. Free Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal, uh, Jesus Freak one of those Christians who thinks they're perfect. A time's coming when it doesn't matter what you're called or where you go to worship. It will not matter. A time is coming when what will matter is who you are and the way you live. That's what counts before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is out looking for. Those who are simply and honestly themselves before Him in their worship. That's why it is okay to come into a worship service completely broken and downhearted. But run to your master. Don't look for a pity party. 
Run to him and say, Father, I need you. I need you. I need Jehovah Jireh. I need Jehovah Rohi. I need Jehovah Rophe. I need you. Jehovah Jireh. In your notes, last thing I want you to fill in. Worship team, come. Unless you're filling in notes, then just give me a second. In worship, it's not the where we worship that's the most important. It's the who and how that count the most. That's a powerful statement that we've been talking a lot about. It's who we're worshiping and how we're worshiping that count the most. For Jesus, in your notes, worship is a relationship issue. It's about your heart. We're going to go into worship here. It's, it's, we still have a good 15 minutes before you hold anything against me. But we're a church that doesn't follow the clock, so we're not in a hurry to go anywhere. And we're just going to worship what we've learned so far. The God who creates. The God of power and authority. Elohim. Adonai, the Master. The Lord who protects, provides, and directs His servants. El Shaddai. He's more than enough. He provides all my needs. Not all my wants, but all my needs. Jehovah. An intimate, personal, unchanging God. Jehovah Jireh provides for all your needs. Anybody have needs this morning? I do. You want, raise your hand if you have a need this morning from Jehovah Jireh. Okay, let's take it to him. Listen, if you're going to ask for finances, you better be a good steward of what he's already given you or he's not going to bless you with more. So you may have to change your lifestyle to line up with what he's about to release on you because I'm watching extravagant givers right now. They're being, there's so much being released onto them, they don't even know how to give it away fast enough. It works. Maybe you need to be healed. Who needs a healing this morning? Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Who needs a healing? Raise it high. Let's see. Okay, it's okay. We're not going to ask you what it is. I need a healing. My body's aching, but I'm asking the Lord to give me strength every day. Jehovah Rohi, your shepherd. Maybe you're just living your life on your own and you're not asking God what to do every day. Where to lead you or where to go. So maybe to, today you just need to say, I want you to be my shepherd. You can come up front. You can walk around. You can lay down. You can stay seated. How you worship is not important in the sense of what it looks like in the physical. How means where is your mind when you're worshiping? Are you truly focused on Jehovah? Let's not be like the Samaritans who were ignorant of the one who they worship. Study who he is in his word. He's over 900 names. You can go on with this. That's all I'm going to cover because I can't wait to get into the actual worship material next week. Pray to know him and most of all, seek him. Let's seek him right now as we, as we sing. Father, we just ask, Lord, that you would just renew our mind and renew our hearts and renew our spirits and wake up our souls and save our souls with Jehovah and Adonai and Elohim. You are more than enough for us, Lord. Forgive us for running to humans to solve our problems. Forgive us for being impatient when we ask you for something that we need. Not necessarily what we want, what we need. And we don't wait long enough for you to show up. Abraham waited 25 years for a son, and then the moment he gets it, you tell him to take his life. It wasn't because you were playing with Abraham. It's because you were building his faith. So those of you that are in a holding pattern and you don't know what God's up to, 
Just hold there, read your Bible, pray and worship Him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The answer's coming. The release is coming. The, the finances are coming. The healing's coming. If you stay in that holding pattern with strong faith and don't quit and don't run and don't go to humans to solve your problems, go to your Father, your Shepherd, who is, wants to pick you up if you just let Him and hold you during this time. Help us to know you, Lord, so that we know who we're worshiping, so that we can be the true worshipers that you are seeking. In Jesus' name, everybody say in Jesus' name. Let's worship him. Listen, I just want you to try to hang out for two songs. It's 1120. We got time. For two songs, don't get up and let the enemy just have you run out of here and ignore what we just talked about. Let's really go to worship. It doesn't have to be louder or longer. It just has to be true. So get rid of distractions. If you're going to be distracted, sit in the back, come up front, sit Indian style, lay down, sit in the front pew, the second pew, but get rid of the distractions and let's just focus on our God for a moment. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus.
tonight. 